John and I, we used to laugh about how we actually met for the first time. It was in John's office at the sheriff's department. Uh, I, at that time, um, I was just a, a beginning, a cub reporter, I guess you'd say. And uh, part of my beat was to pick up the police reports and stuff every morning for the blotter. Mm -hmm. And uh, so any rate, the, the Morris case broke and there was a story about it in the Indianapolis Star, uh, which was the Indianapolis papers about 30 miles from Greenfield. Mm -hmm. And after that story ran uh, about this girl's disappearance, um, there was also a, apparently the paper in Franklin, Indiana, which is about 30 miles south of Indianapolis, had picked it up and they had written some headline about some truck driver that claimed he'd seen Laura Morris, claimed he'd seen this gal. Mm -hmm. Well, at any rate, I was totally pissed off at John because I, I read the Indianapolis Star story and I that he was the detective on it and I was totally pissed that he had given it to the Indianapolis paper before giving it to us <laughs> the local paper yeah. and John was totally pissed at newspapers period because of this headline in, in the Franklin paper which was very in fact misleading there's no question about it uh, there it ended up the guy well he just saw somebody he thought maybe kind of looked like her and it, you know uh, and we ended up um, in his office on both stand both of us standing on both sides of his desk uh, yelling and pointing our fingers at each other <laughs> uh, <laughs> about just mad as hell both of us and at any rate make a long story short that's that's how we actually first met and became probably best friends uh, for a, a number of years. Now, so related to that specific trucker thing, what happened to, uh, I did read a blog online that mentioned that briefly, but I hadn't seen that particular article. And it was one of the few things I hadn't, you know, cause I have a newspapers.com um, subscription. So I tracked online uh -huh. a lot of the old stuff, but that one yeah. that it talked about the trucker was pulled out of thin air to me. So I didn't know what it was. So basically some trucker had thought that they had some seen truck driver had seen somebody you know it, it's like it, 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 you know it, it's like you, you know the police call ask for tips on something and they get five thousand of them right, right. you know and, and only maybe one turns out to be for real yeah. you know and this was at some truck driver who had seen the story in the star and then he called the apparently the franklin daily journal and uh you know, said that, well, he, you know, he saw somebody that could have been her, you know, blah, 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 heading south or heading somewhere. Well, and of course, they run the headline, Trucker IDs Laura Morris. Oh. Well, no, they didn't idea what he did was said he saw somebody that could have been her, basically. And then, and, but that blog post went on to say that Munden went to find him out of state and to make him retract the story. Is that correct? Uh, not, not that I'm aware of. Huh. That he went to find him out of state. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I don't think John ever made a trip to talk to that trucker. Okay. Uh, he may have. He may have tried to track him down through the company he worked for, and and called and talked to him. That wouldn't shock me. Okay. Uh, but I don't ever remember him making a trip. He was just 
he was just really <laughs> he was just really pissed at the Daily Journal. Gotcha. You know, and uh, you know, of course, there I am trying to explain. Look, you know, I realize the headline isn't great, but you know, people need to read the whole story and not just read the headline. Well, goddamn, this is going to make people—they're going to quit looking because they think she's been seen. Well, by the way, you know, how come the damn Indianapolis Star got this story, and when I'm here every day, and nobody told—you know—one of those. <laughs> and it is funny. I let both of you had a point. I mean, his point is is perfectly taken. If you're a detective and you're trying to keep people looking at this and that you you know and there people are saying oh no she just up up and left that's a good reason for everyone to ignore it you know that's a good reason absolutely absolutely Mm -hmm. dave scott was a staff writer for the greenfield daily reporter when laura morris went missing and he spent countless hours working with john munden on her case over the years because john munden is deceased and i couldn't access his vast personal knowledge of the case the next best thing was speaking to Dave Scott. You you can't imagine, Jenny, how many hours we all spent on this um, over that period of years. And like I say, we had uh, what we called the Laura Moore Study Group. And, uh, you know, that was John and I and the prosecutor from here and a detective from the state police and a couple of other players who came and went. Um, going over every possible theory and every possible fact as best you could determine and even even every tidbit of hearsay, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to find our belief was always, well, there's only going to be one theory that fits it all. And did you guys come to a consensus on what the theory was? Pretty much, yeah. It was that Trudy killed Laura and then everything that happened afterward, except for Chuck, was Steve? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted yeah. to know where you guys landed. Yeah, um, that's, that, that would have been the case we would have made in the last chapter of our book. Had, okay. Or had we finished that, um, that Trudy killed her daughter, um, probably in a fight, probably Laura threatening to leave or threatened to go back to Chuck or go back to Bryce or that she wasn't going to Florida or whatever. And they got into an argument. Yeah, I can see, yeah, I can see Laura, you know, because her mom was bigger and had beat her before. I can see Laura grabbing a kitchen knife or something like that and threatening her. And I can um, see see it getting more and more heated and more and more heated. And finally, Trudy, we know, kept that 25 in her, her, tucked in her bra all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, that she probably pulled that pistol out, not not necessarily with the intention of killing her, but with the intention of, of either creating a standoff with Laura, who may have been armed with a knife or a club or something else, or just to threaten her. And in the heat of the moment, either through a physical confrontation or just nervousness over the whole deal, the gun went off somehow. And, and, uh, and Laura, got, Laura was killed. Mm-hmm. And then she panicked, called her dad. Her dad makes an emergency trip from Ohio to Greenfield, doesn't take the nurse, uh, drops the nurse off so she can't be a witness to anything, is gone long enough to help Trudy get rid of the body, so to speak, and goes back and picks up the nurse and beats the hell for Florida. Wasn't he you know, old then, though, Lawrence Romans? Wasn't he, like, 80s? Or? Well, he was, yeah, he was, he was, he was <laughs> up there. Uh, but that, you know, I don't know that that necessarily meant he couldn't have helped her. 
And he it was just uh, the two of them. There was no one else he had brought down? Well, as far as we know, <clears throat> okay. as far as we know, it was just the two of them. Um, and the, the, you know, the time frame would have given them a couple of hours to have done that um, before she ever contacted the police. How far away was where they were in Ohio from where... Um, oh, I don't, it wasn't that far. I, I don't know. Uh, you guys hour, drove it. You drove it. 15 minutes. I, I don't recall exactly. I, <laughs> so it was then, re- it was doable re- for sure in an hour, uh, an hour or something. Yeah. I remember, I remember the trip we made over there. <laughs> John ran out of gas. I heard that from Danny. He didn't tell me much, but he, he laughed when he said that yeah. you guys had to push the car or something. Yeah. <laughs> he, he ran out of gas right at the, right at the entrance to an off ramp. Oh my uh, gosh. So you had to push it down the off ramp. And so we we pushed the car up the off ramp uh, and and to a gas station. Oh my! <laughs> we never let John forget that. That's funny. Uh, it was wow. Yeah. But Let's... I mean, I guess I'm saying an hour and a half at the top at tops. Um, it's only it's only fifty mile uh, from Greenfield to the Ohio line. I guess right. I thought it was, I don't know why I thought it was an, uh, not doable, but yeah, that definitely is doable. So we've got, just like with Bryce, it's a doable situation, whether, yeah. you know, yeah, I get it now. So basically what you're saying is that's the theory you landed on. That's how you would have ended the book because that's, after looking at everything, you thought that was the most plausible scenario, all of you collectively. Absolutely. I think absolutely we all agreed um, that that as bizarre as it sounded. Mm-hmm that nothing you you know you could you could take one of them and explain certain ones but they didn't fit with the other uh, crimes the other murders or whatever and you could take this one and say well that explains this and this but it doesn't explain these because there's no connection that we can tell and this does you know so what by the time you put it all together that's just uh, something happened Something happened down in Florida the night Trudy disappeared. Right. Something something happened there. And she left her purse. Her purse, Brenda found her purse and her clothes. There was no clothes. Maybe Steve tried to say she'd run off and uh, she had some black boyfriend in yeah, all that Miami stuff's in or the, somewhere. Yeah, isn't the report. And it's, they, you know, they even, there was even a name and they tracked the guy down and they, she didn't, they didn't know anything yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, all a crazy story for sure. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> and and he, I think he told different stories to different people. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. You know, so uh, something happened that night. There had to been some kind of, some kind of confrontation. Um, and, um, uh, you know why 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 was there that that's the you know what's the motive for the confrontation yeah that was and, my thing when when did well, when did steve turn from thinking because he because here's the thing all the way down to mccullough when when that whole soldier of fortune magazine the hit on him happened that was years later so yeah. that should have been out of steve's mind i mean by then why was steve going after someone it, to me that says he's still thinking it's someone related to him yeah. Yeah. And then what when did his mind change to Trudy? What made him go look, set his sights on Trudy? That well, she my, did it. My, yeah, that's exactly right. And he had he had not on, he had not only murdered one person, maybe more, 
in his quest to find this. He spent ungodly amounts of money hiring private detectives and paying for, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Steve didn't pay for the 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 uh, testing that they did on that on that audio tape. You know, I mean, Steve was just he was there to do, he was just throwing money at everything he could throw money at. Well, he gave Munden his... he gave Munden that bag of cash too, and Munden took that and used it apparently that whole bag of cash to, well, to surveil people. There, there was there was more than one time though when there was cash in a bag. You're kidding? Uh, <laughs> no, not, not having to do with John, uh, other than you know Steve gave him some money one time to pay expenses for various stuff that the that the department would not fund the case had become so so old at that point you know what i mean that oh, there was oh i see they weren't they weren't willing to pay for trips to here or trips to there and this and that and the other and steve gave him some cash at one point to uh to to pay for expenses for stuff like that uh but there was a, when uh before steve went to to uh uh, New Orleans to confront Tony Lambert. Mm-hmm. Uh, he showed John a, a bag and claimed and opened it up and it was full of cash and claimed there was a hundred thousand dollars I think in there and that he was gonna he was gonna you know try to pay him off or bribe him or do something or beat it out of him or whatever he had to do to find out if Tony had had anything to do with his daughter's disappearance. Almost like there was ran, a ransom demand. Um, hmm. but, uh, so yeah, I mean, my, I guess my point is if, if he had already murdered at least one person wrongly and had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars and 10 years trying, worrying, trying to figure out who was after him and, and who had killed his daughter and all that. And then all of a sudden your wife tells you she did it. Well, is that what you think happens? Happened? Yeah. His wife did? Yeah. You don't think, think that John Munden shared that theory with him? Shared what theory with him? That he thought, I mean, John clearly by that time thought it was Trudy that did it. You don't think yeah. that he shared that theory with Steve? Um, by that time, I would be surprised because I think by that time <laughs> we were convinced that he had, in fact, been responsible for Lambert's death. And I mean, I, can I say a hundred percent that he didn't? No, I can't. But I, I would find that harder to believe. I think they ended up in some kind of deal, and and somehow it came to a head down there. And Trudy confessed to it. I think she told him, and he just was so enraged um, that he killed her. What happened in Florida in the summer of 1986 is another one of the many mysteries of this case. Nobody that I have spoken to seems to have a good handle on what it was that triggered Trudy Snedeker to go missing. Either, as Dave Scott said, Steve Snedeker found out something that led him to believe Trudy had killed their daughter, or he had other reasons, personal reasons, for wanting his wife dead. As far as I'm concerned, both of those are equally possible when you're talking about Steve Snedeker. But if you go with the theory that he killed Trudy because he believed that she had killed their daughter, I think it's less likely that Trudy herself would come clean with that information. I think it's more likely that he got that information from John Munden. But then we have to consider the alternate universe where this case resides, and you have to ask yourself, if Trudy didn't do it, then obviously she didn't confess to it, right? 
So you're back to square one. Why did Steve kill his wife if it was not related to the death of his daughter? And I have to say at this point, I'm not convinced Trudy Snedeker killed her daughter. So I think Steve Snedeker either got a whiff of John Munden's theory or he killed his wife for reasons that were unrelated to his daughter's death. And I gotta say, if that was the case, that would be the biggest tragedy of this whole situation. Trudy Snedeker losing her life because her husband was led to believe that his wife killed her daughter. We found out that primarily Trudy's purpose, Laura had been, they, they ran a, the company, the family ran a waste oil business in mm-hmm. Greenfield. Right. Okay. Which was through subsequent conversations with drivers and various other places for them was a total scam. Um, Steve would uh, have, he had trucks and he would take these tanker trucks up to, uh, I don't know, the industrial sites in nearby cities or whatever and charge them X hundred dollars to take their waste oil, their contaminated waste oil. And at least one driver told him that, well, <laughs> all we did was we drive it out, we drove it out in the country and spread it on the road. Oh, you know, uh, there were other guys who said, well, I, I used to run some for Steve and we would go and, and to X company and they'd pay us a big bunch of money to take their waste oil and we would turn around and drive it to the next city and sell it as fuel for boilers to another company. We didn't give a shit that it was contaminated, you know? And so they were getting, they were getting it. They were getting paid both ends. Right. Yeah. And all they were doing was driving it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, <laughs> you know, Steve was definitely involved in some shady stuff. Well, at any rate, Laura had been the bookkeeper for the company. Mm-hmm. All right. So she had, she would have known all the records and all the, all the ins and outs and all the shady dealings that her mom and dad were up to. Well, when they moved to Florida, Laura didn't go. She didn't want to go. Her daughter was here. She kept thinking she'd get back with Bryce. And so she stayed in, in and around uh, Greenfield. Well, that it appears that Trudy's sole purpose for coming up here that night, they had tried to get her to go down to Florida with them, and she wouldn't go. And Trudy, apparently, her job was to come up here and convince Laura one way or the other to go to Florida. Mm-hmm. So there's, you have that potential issue right. um, that that they were afraid uh, she somehow would spill the beans and get them in trouble and all that kind of stuff. But they were very insistent. Um, um, and apparently, apparently they, there was no love lost between the, uh, um, Trudy and Laura. Um because there was, a, um, I think, and it may have been Danny or it may have been um, oh, his wife, Laura's sister. Brenda. Brenda, thank you. <laughs> um, who recalled uh, something that happened one morning at breakfast when they were living in Greenfield. And, and Trudy ended up, Laura must have said something, and Trudy ended up backhanding her and knocking her down, knocking her out of the chair and ended up sitting on top of her, beating her in the face. Oh, my gosh. Um, so Laura was kind of the, she was kind of the black sheep. She was not thought of in the same way as the boys. 
and Trudy could be violent, and Trudy had beaten up on Laura before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Steve Steve had a, a neighbor claimed that he saw Steve one time uh, with Laura out in the front yard standing on her toes and beating her. And, and this is all when she's an adult woman? Uh, well, apparently during some point during the time that they lived there on Shadeland Drive. Jeez. Now, you know, Danny told me about, if we're following the timeline here, and so she's missing, uh, they, they're possibly they got in an argument, whatever. The next day, uh, well, Darian, Danny told me the night before when they went to, uh, Brenda and Laura went to pick up their mother. They met for dinner at the steakhouse at the mall. They went back to Brenda and Danny's house. Um, he thought maybe there was some issue where she, Laura did not want to leave. She didn't want to go, probably thinking mm-hmm. that they were going to argue. Mm-hmm. But eventually Trudy won and they left. But right. before they left, he packed, put one of Trudy's bag in the back of the truck that Laura was driving, which was not hers. It was her father's black truck because hers was having trouble. And he said at yeah. that time there was nothing in the back of the truck. But he right. said when he went to the scene the next day, the next day afternoon, by the time he got there, it was like 530, that truck right. was packed full of Laura's belongings and Brandy's belongings. Do you know? Did right. you hear that? Yes. Yes, huh. that's absolutely correct. So she had to have packed that sometime in the middle of the night. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that is absolutely the case. And, and, of course, that was the subject of substantial discussion and and debate over the years, you know, as far as, okay, that that's a, that's a key clue. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and to be honest with you, I, I – my recollection is that even though Danny may have noticed that the next day, I don't know that he said anything about it for a period of time. He, I don't, that, yeah, I have to ask him. I don't know when he did or not. I know he from the from moment one, he told me when he got there around five after there had been a couple hours in between everyone else getting there, the cops being there. He knew something was wrong. He started. He thought, yeah. you know, um, he started looking in the in the thinking maybe she killed herself. She's out in the back, you know, he's checking yeah, the woods yeah. or whatever and all that. He knew something was wrong. And when he heard Trudy and the police questioning her about, well, there any problems in the family and Trudy saying no. And he said, well, that's bullshit. So he yeah. left and went. Went up there and told Munden, these people are feeding you a line of crap. They're not telling you the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danny ended up, let me just give you my recollection. Mm -hmm. Danny ended up being much more help than he appeared to be at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he He was not much help, as I recall, in the early days. Um of the investigation as time went on he gradually kind of came around and we always wondered uh because at first we started sort of looked at what danny said in the same way we were looking at what trudy and steve were saying right you know you know what i mean he's part of the family like, yeah well, exactly well, yeah. trust but verify right one of those kind of deals yeah um but eventually he ended up being quite a bit of help mm-hmm. um didn't start out that way in my in my recollection okay um but um uh yeah no i mean you you know you've got to there's only a couple of things that uh that could have happened as far as i'm concerned and i think as far as john was concerned uh the the fact that the truck was packed and and it was it wasn't packed in a in a traditional packed fashion 
the, it was like they were the clothes were still in the drawers. The drawers had been pulled out of like a dresser and just set in the back of the truck. Oh wow. Huh. Okay. So, um, it's not like she had been planning this for some extended period of time. Right. You know, it's like some so I'm going now and I don't have time to do this right, so I'm just gonna jerk the drawers out of the dressers and I'm gonna set the drawers closing all in the back of the truck. Now, as far as we were concerned, one of two things happened. She either got into it with Trudy and just decided she was gonna leave or or whatever. Uh, or, you know, the other possibility was that she had talked to Bryce and Bryce said, well, yeah, sure. I'm going to come and get you. We'll go, we'll, we'll go up to Goshen and blah, 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 blah. Now we don't believe that's the case Mm -hmm. because Bryce didn't really want anything to do with her anymore. He was, he had another girlfriend and, and, uh, had sort of moved on. With, except for obviously the connection with their daughter, right? With Brandy, uh, but she could have thought she was going. Yeah. She could have thought she was going up north to Goshen, uh, yeah. or she could have even got into it with Trudy. Over, well, I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to Bryce. We're going to get back together. No, you're not. You know, you know that son of a bitch is never going to, you know, right. blah 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 blah. He's no good. He's blah blah. Yeah, you know, you can yep. see how it. Escalates. And as a matter of fact, if you think about her out there packing her stuff, first of all, it explains why she was found in her jean shorts, number one, because she's yeah. outside packing in the middle of the night. Number two, you can even put the Acres slash Ab Planet thing in there because they could have come up while she's outside. And That's she could, you know what I mean? So her being outside and available and doing that, it, it sort of unfortunately falls into all the theories. It's, you know what I mean? That all uh-huh. of this could, could be possibilities. And I think that's another reason to show why this case didn't get solved because there, you know, every, a lot of these little things could fit into some you know, multiple theories of what happened. Absolutely. So we have Trudy was on the list. Bryce was on the list. Tell me about Bryce as far as what was the, what indications that you believed showed that he possibly could have been at that house that night? Well, there was, of course, Bryce lived in Goshen. Right. Okay. Which was some distance away Mm -hmm. uh, from here. I don't know how much you know about the geography of Indiana, but it would have been a, probably at least a three hour drive. Okay. Um, uh, from uh, Goshen. At any rate, uh, there was some evidence that they had had a phone call right. between Bryce and Trudy, or excuse me, between Bryce and Laura mm-hmm. that night. Um, and we know that, that their relationship had gotten fairly rocky. I mean, it, they, they were divorced, but it was not a friendly divorce as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Bryce... The, the the stories that we always heard was that Bryce had blamed Laura for his brother's death. And that's something that I, I had, I've been speaking with Brandy, the daughter, and yeah. she pulled up an article for me that showed that he actually died. Um, I mean, the actual the actual newspaper article had suggested something else entirely. It was a car accident, but it wasn't like late at night after a party or something. It was a during the day type of huh. incident. A March 7, 1980 article in the Franklin Daily Journal noted that Robbie Morris, 17, died of massive head injuries at Elkhart General Hospital shortly after his Jeep skidded across the center line of US-20 near Elkhart into the path of another vehicle. He was thrown from the vehicle, and the article says that he was on his way to school when this accident occurred. 
presumably indicating it happened in the morning. In John Munden's debrief interview in the next episode, you're going to hear his account of being told this story about the death of Bryce Morris's brother, Robbie, by multiple sources. Well, I don't know. That, like I say, that is um, that was the conventional wisdom in the investigation. Okay, so somebody uh, told that story. Whatever, whatever source that information was, that that, and it may have come from. It may, I mean, I don't know. It could have possibly even come from uh, an interview that John may have done with Bryce himself. I, 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 I just, you know, I don't know for yeah. sure. I wasn't there for that. But the story, of course, was that that uh, the brother had been over to their place and they'd been drinking and this and that and the other. And uh, Bryce wanted his brother to go ahead and spend the night there. Um, Laura threw a fit, didn't want him there. Um, and she created such a row that the Bryce basically said, man, you, you know, you're going to have to go. And he ended up then in a wrecking his car on the way home and dying. And, um, in fact, there were, there were stories that he would go and that Bryce would go subsequently and sit for hours on his brother's headstone and talk to him. Um, did you, did it seem like the, when he was sort of banished from the house by, from Laura that, according to the story that it could have been morning time early morning oh, I, I i have no idea what time of day it was okay all right I, I have no idea what time of day it was all right um and the the you know normally one would think well you know uh, he bryce should be pretty well alibied because he is so far right. you know from uh from the site but there was a I can't remember what the guy did, whether he was just a resident or a farmer or somebody. At any rate, um, as the case went on, uh, there was a fellow who said that he saw a vehicle that matched, generally speaking, Bryce's vehicle and a young man about his age uh, in the just about dawn uh, in the it parked along a back road. There, there's a, a, a couple of roads here, one that runs along a creek and this and that, that's almost nobody travels. Right. Uh, but this guy was on his, I guess he was on his way to work now that I think about it. And he remembered seeing, and he t talked to John about that, that he had seen a, a car that matched Bryce's and a young man sitting by himself in it um, early that morning, about dawn, uh, parked on this really uh, obscure road and we also know that bryce did not go into work the next day oh okay that's interesting okay so the 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 the, the point conceivably would have been and i i think i think there was some i think uh, um as i recall Despite the fact of the rocky breakup and all this and that, I think Laura always believed, or from what I've been told, always believed that they would someday get back together. Mm -hmm. um, and Bryce was not having any of it. And that they argued more than once on the phone, uh, of course, and partly about their daughter and partly about their relationship. And anyway, the point is, it, it was just very odd that if he was down here that night, if in fact that was him, um, you could make a pretty good theory uh, 
there would that there would have been no other reason for him to be here other than to see Laura. Right. Yeah. And if he saw Laura, things could have easily gotten out of hand. Right. Which seems no matter what happened, that's what happened. Something yeah, got out of hand I, with Laura. Yeah. Morris. With somebody. I think that's exactly what I think right. that's exactly right. Yeah. So do you remember the make and model of the car, by the way? No, I don't. I'm, I'm <laughs> I know sorry. that's a stretch, but I figured I'd try. You never know. Yeah, sure, sure. I wish I could help <laughs> yeah. you, but no, I don't. That's one of those details I'm afraid that yeah. is, was lost with John. And I may yeah, find I wanna, it. I want to say it. Uh-huh. Well, no, never mind. No, no, go ahead. Say, Tell I wanna, me. Well, I want to say it might have been a might have been a truck but i i i I shouldn't say that because i that just pulled out of thin air well i feel like Uh, there might have been trucks and i've got to see what happened is when i got the florida report there was a bunch of the indiana state police um handwritten um notes and their handwritten um the witness when they were going with john munden to interview people so i lucked out on those because indiana state police isn't going to release anything on this case so it just so happens that i got them through florida but there uh, i can i've been going back and checking the cars mentioned and this and that and i know that they were mentioning cars related to al planip and acres too because i did talk to uh, a guy by the name of bobby frost who was one of the people they interviewed about al Al planip and he Uh had said that um uh, David at Planet had told him um, that he had cased the, the house and right. that, um, you know, had he had parked over by, uh, you know, parked essentially like you're talking about somewhere and walked in. And yeah. um, and then also Winston, the guy that Laura was seeing, right. had also right. mentioned that Dave Al Planet um, had it been in her driveway, just right there, right in the same time frame, you know, for yeah. no reason. So, yeah, I, I but he. According to the witnesses I'm getting a hold of, and I've talked to a few of the, in the friends group now, didn't have a car. So he would have had to have someone else go with him um, yeah. to, if he wanted to rob the place. But yeah. then as far as what I know about Planet, he wasn't the one with the violent um, record. It was Ricky Akers that had the yeah, violent sure. record. Sure. Planet was, was just more of a small-time crook, I think. You know you know what I mean? A yeah. burglar, uh, uh, you know, a thief. That yeah. kind of a thing, a bit of a druggie, right. as they all were. Right, right. Um, but nonetheless, uh, there, I remember, you know, the, the main thing that sort of brought him up to the front was was comments that I heard from John that he had talked to people who said Al Planet was planning on robbing the place. Right, yes. And, and was much more local than some of the other people, so it would not have been impossible for him to be there and get gone. Get there and get gone, you right. know. And, um, and I tracked down some because some, the, the house had been empty for a period of time. Yes, and, that's right. And so it's entirely possible. I mean, should have plan have been the guy that he showed up there to break into the place and, and was surprised that Laura was there. Well, here's the other thing that interests me about that is um, Bobby Frost said Ab Planip wanted specifically to rob the place while Laura was there. And he said to him, well, let's wear masks and let's go. And and he said, why would we do that? She, We can wait and, and rob the place when she he, she's hanging out with, with your wife, Cindy. And he David yeah. insisted he wanted to do it, according to Frost, when Laura was there. So that I didn't understand because that seems more like um, Ricky Akers' M.O. He was the rapist, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, the only, the only and, and some of that, that, that you are telling me sounds vaguely familiar. Um, the the other thing I guess that would have struck me uh, a little bit off about that is, 
you know, there would have had to have been some communication that true that Laura was home. I mean, it had been uh, if he went that night and he wanted to do it when she was home. How did he know she was home? You know, I mean, there hadn't been anybody at the house for a long time, and she, you know, yeah. um, and she because she had an apartment elsewhere, right? Um, and uh, you know, she Trudy flew up from from Florida, uh, mm-hmm. and Laura picked her up at the airport, as I recall, um, and it was just all that pretty much that night. You know, I mean, I think Laura may have been there off and on. Well, but I don't. I don't think she'd been there, you know, on a regular basis. Is, well, I'll tell you my... what. I, I spoke with Danny because she had been staying with yeah. Danny and Brenda too. And what happened with yeah. them is she was staying with Danny and Brenda about two weeks before this, and um, she came home one night apparently um, high, and she had Brandy with her. They got upset. They had a talk with her, and she left after that. So she had been staying there about two weeks. He said. Okay. So, All right. Well, then that could be right. That yeah. could be right. Right, and that's why I was, and also I was told that um, that by Frost that he remembers around that period her her being at 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 the house where at Planup's house, it almost seeming like she had spent a few nights there. Like I, it seems like she was jumping around in that time yeah, period. Yeah, oh, that wouldn't that wouldn't shock me. Right, so that, that part that's what that seemed like. So okay, so I understand kind of what they're thinking about with Bryce. I understand with Trudy. I understand with. Uh, plant up in acres. Were there anyone else that jumps to the fore, or were they all like lower oh, than that? Oh God, there was a, there was another Dave, Corbin, uh, Dave Corbin. Thank uh-huh. you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, you know, again, like I say, at one point there was this whole handful of of potential suspects. By the same token, as you might imagine. Um, you prioritize right. and and some of these guys were well uh, he's a possibility we'll not forget about him as i recall that yeah. i was i seem to recall that thinking about corbin uh that he was a possibility we're not going to dismiss him we're not going to clear him but he really doesn't look like as good a suspect as some of these others okay um so let's talk about chuck smith for a minute if you remember he was the sighting at the coquiline gas station uh-huh. um so is you, first of all you're understanding that 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 a sighting occurred right the sunday before she went missing um well i think there was some debate about that okay um whether that was actually just the day before or the weekend before right i wondered about that uh hmm. I mean, I don't think there was any question that Chuck probably saw what he saw, mm-hmm. but I, I, let's put this way, our confidence was not 100% that he accurately remembered. Uh, what day, yeah. What day it was. Uh, we know it had to either be just that, like I say, the day before or whatever it was, or the weekend before. We, we're sure of that. Okay. But... But to be able to say it was definitely the day before, I, I don't think we ever determined that 100%. And do you know if John Munden, I know he showed pictures to uh, to him. Do you know if he showed um, Ricky Aker's picture and David Planup's pictures to him? I, sus- I, I don't know, but I'm, I would be relatively, I'm relatively sure that John uh, showed him pictures of everybody he could think of that right. was connected. Okay. Um, 
and I don't, to my recollection, uh, Chuck wasn't able to identify anybody, um, you know, from that. And he knew he he used to work for the Snedekers, so he would know people that worked there too. He would he would know yeah, certain he people. Should. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he should have. Now, it had been a little while, I think, since he worked for them. But, yes, he had been um, he had been a driver right. for them. Uh, and I'm not, so, I'm not 100% sure that uh, Chuck wasn't one of the drivers that ended up giving John some information about some of the illegal shit they did with their waste oil. That would be leading to my next question. Because it was some months later that Trudy started sniffing around John for the phone number. Um, uh-huh. Right, and so yeah. she had said, "Don't tell Steve." I'm asking, which that I'm not sure if she actually didn't want to, Steve to know she was doing that, or uh-huh. she was just saying that, and Steve was the one who had asked her to go do this in the first place. Did you have any feeling about that? Well, you know, again, it's one of those things <laughs> where everybody lies, yeah, and everybody lies about everything, and everybody lies about things they don't even have to lie about. So, we, you know, you could never be sure. Um, I, I think I think John pretty much took her at her word on that, that that she just didn't want Steve to know. But there's you know, he could never be sure. Because then I'm asking myself if that's the case, let's roll with that for a minute. She she's trying to get his number and eventually he goes missing. So are we to assume that she's the responsible for Chuck Smith going missing, separate and apart from Steve altogether in that? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that says a lot, something very interesting about Trudy and that she has a lot of the same instincts as her husband then. Yep. Wow. That, yeah. um, I, think, I think there were, I think there were at least uh, four or five people who died or disappeared connecting to this. And I think uh, two or three of them were Trudy and two or three of them were Steve. And I don't think one knew about the other um, until the very end, and that's what led to Trudy's demise. You're kidding. So which ones do you would you attribute possibly to other ones besides Chuck to Trudy? Well, Laura. Okay, right. Uh, I mean, there's Laura, and then there's Chuck. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to look at uh, Steve when it comes to um, um, the guy. Oh, Lambert, the, the guy. Lambert, okay. yeah, Tony Lambert. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um looking at Tony Lambert and I think he eventually did uh, did Trudy in right and then there was that James Wilkes who is sort of the one that there's not much information about he- no there's not and you know so I, he was just kind of on the periphery um, we knew about him we knew his name we knew that there was a question that he was gone but nobody really was ever able to to best of my knowledge ever able to put him directly in connection to the rest of these disappearances it's possible right you know it's possible <laughs> but i think i think you know i think uh, trudy you can i think you can lay true uh, laura and chuck smith at trudy's seat and uh, lambert and trudy at steve's so chuck saying things possibly being one of the truck drivers that munden talked to and, and giving them information but also in one of brenda's later florida reports when she started really talking um mm-hmm. she said that her opinion was, and you have to take this with a grain of salt as anything else, but that yeah. Chuck Smith may have said things um, to police about her sister's sexual proclivities and drugs, and that's why um, 
her father, she thought it was her father that got rid of him, may have had something to do with, with Chuck. So that's why I had asked you earlier about would they be killing people off simply because they're besmirching the reputation yeah. of their daughter? I mean, they... I, I find that 100% impossible to believe. I, it, well, let's put it this way. It, is, is there any chance at all something like that happened i suppose you have to be honest and say well i guess it could have right but i don't think anybody john or i or or any of the as we called them the laura morris study group that mm-hmm. met uh numerous times ever believed that that there was anything to that other than something chuck smith saw or said uh put trudy in jeopardy and you know so danny's theory was basically all these he thinks steve was behind them all and that Although he did say probably Trudy was, I, I I just have a hard time. Who is she? What is she doing? Has she got her own hitman on the side that she's calling and saying, "Get rid of this guy." I mean, you know. Well, I mean, you know, you 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 don't know the problem. The point is, they were they were both, you know, uh, hip deep in in this shady oil business. They were both no strangers to breaking the law yeah you know uh and when you you know there's the old there's the old saying when you lay down with dogs you get up with fleas right the chuck smith thing seemed to be trudy um you know all along i mean it was it was trudy who fished for his number mm-hmm. with john it was trudy um i think as i recall um who ended up talking to chuck about uh um, the potential for a job down in Tennessee right, or wherever right. it was. I mean, I, I can't see Steve or- orchestrating, you know, a situation where he was just getting his wife to call all these people. What do you know about any polygraphs that Steve or Trudy took? If they did. I don't know. I, d- I don't know. I don't remember whether they ever did or not. Um, I know. I know. Uh, John went took a polygraph examiner. I want to say from the state police, maybe a retired examiner, mm-hmm. up up to Bryce's at one point. Um, and uh, it was it was weird. John said because when they got there, they they went in the house and Bryce was sitting at like I want to say the dining room table, and had his priest there. And uh, it, it was just, John said the whole thing just was very strange. Bryce had a and priest? Apparently did, or had a minister or something of some kind. A man of the cloth was there uh, with him at the house um, when they went, when the cops showed up to give him a polygraph, I'm pretty sure. Did he take a polygraph? You know, I want to say, I'm thinking for some reason... The whole thing went south. Yeah, somehow. Um, and and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the circumstances were, but I don't think it actually happened. And I think there was some reason they that maybe I mean whether it was he refused to do it after they got up there, or 
the polygraph examiner said, listen, this guy is so shook up, I'm not going to be able to get a reading on him. You know, I, I don't know. But uh, I want to say it did go south for okay. some reason. Yeah, I believe in the debrief, I'd have to go back and look at it, but I believe when they were asking him if any if anybody refused to polygraph, he said no, and then he doubled back when they got to Bryce, and he said he said he didn't take the polygraph. So I think you're right. I think something happened there um, yeah. with that. But, but I remember John more than once just telling me about, you know, how bizarre that whole thing was was to find them sitting in the in the dining room at the table, uh, him and his and his minister. It strikes me as odd that he would have had a, a a priest. Now I have spoken with Bryce's mother. I interviewed her, and she was very gracious. She told me everything she remembered. Maybe she had a priest, but I can't imagine yeah. Bryce even well, going to church. Like what, that, you know? And 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 it could be. I mean, that was just the way John phrased it to me it, i mean it could have been the family minister it could have been her mom's or her you know i don't know i mean he was yeah he was the minister was there because of what was going on with bryce and the cops and the polygraph so the cornfield where laura was found about eight months after she was missing first of all were there any links to any of the players involved in that cornfield not, not that I'm aware of. Okay, and then it was, it was, it was just across the county line. Right. And uh, the guy, the the hired hand, or the guy that farmed that ground with the owner, or I guess, or for the owner, is the one who discovered the body, and mm-hmm. he called police, and and so, I, but I don't know of anybody who had any connection that that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, to that location, it, it was it, it was it was a couple of miles north of a little tiny burg, um, in the middle of absolutely in the middle of the country on a road that wouldn't be traveled very often. Okay. Uh, so it it very easily could have just been somebody driving around trying to get out in the middle of the boonies and finally found a spot and said, "Okay, this is good enough." Did it seem like they would have had to get out of the car and carry her in? They mentioned a fence. Yeah. They couldn't yeah. have driven in then. No, I don't think so. No, because uh, even if they even if they could pull off the road, now there was a, as I recall, uh, there was an area that would have been drivable um, along the east side of the fence. Uh, there, there was a fence on the road. Okay, there was a fence on the road. Mm-hmm. And then it, you could pull off into the field. There was a little, like an opening in the fence uh, where, you know, like farmers would take their tractors and stuff through. Right, a little two-track uh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a grassy, it wasn't paved or anything. Uh-huh. Uh, and there was a, a place, depending on the weather, that, you know, you could have probably driven up through there. But there was also a fence that ran perpendicular to the road, okay? Mm-hmm. And so they could have driven up on the east side of the fence but the body was probably oh i don't know 30 yards or so west of that dividing fence so even if they drove up even if they drove into the the adjacent field they still had to get it get the body over the fence and carry it uh, that distance over into the other field okay that was what it, i was wondering about it wasn't right along the fence row or anything like that it was uh it wasn't too far but i say probably 30 yards maybe yeah. 50 yards tops 
Okay. I wanted to know about, with relation to the psychics, because there was also a barn that they were led to, right? A barn right, with some stolen right. items that were found. Did they ever link those stolen items in the barn to Ab Planet or Acres or any of those guys? Not that I know of. Okay. Not that I know of. All right. Um, yeah, it was kind of, it was referred to in generic terms as the party barn uh, mm. around here. So apparently it was a place that a lot of people would go and drink or do drugs or have moments alone or whatever. Uh, but I think it was, it was just kind of an abandoned barn in a, on a country road uh, where the house, I think, had long since been gone. Okay, and no indication that Laura positively had ever been there. Um, you know, I don't know. That, I mean, there was no there was no um, direct evidence. Okay, that she'd ever been there. I mean, nothing that was found there ever belonged to her, as far as I know. Okay, uh, you know, or no nothing that directly tied her to having been there. Although I think it was probably not a huge jump to expect that it's entirely possible she could have been there. Uh, with some of the wild folks that she was running with. And did they ever connect any of those other people that she was running with to that barn? Or it's just, uh, it was a, I don't you know. I, I don't know. Okay. I, I have to just be honest with you and say I don't know. Right. Um, I don't think anybody was ever charged or arrested for anything in connection to whatever they found at the barn. Okay. And, uh, but it was a, I did, the newspaper did say that the things that were stolen in that barn were, we were tracked down to a robbery that had occurred just prior to Low Oregon, maybe the night before or something like that. Okay. So I wondered if they, if that was ever, you know, linked to one, you know, cause we've got some robbers in this case, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 No question. And, and to be honest with you, I just don't remember Jenny. Okay. That uh, may be something I, I can try to track down and find out. Yeah. I um, just don't remember. I, all, the only thing I can tell you is that I don't, like I said, I don't remember anybody connected to this case being charged or arrested or whatever for anything having to do with the barn. Yeah. And it seems to me like if, if they put acres in, in him in that barn, you probably would know that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that would have been something Munden would have been discussing with you, like... Well, sure. Right? Sure, I mean... Sure, sure. And that never there, came up in your study group, like... No, there was there was very little, I think, um, and I'm 99% sure of this, there was very little, uh, within just, just a, a couple of months after the disappearance, there was very little about the case that John was not willing to share with me. Yeah, it seems like if it was big enough to connect two of your some of your suspects with, you know, I, I feel yeah. like we're probably I'll probably learn that there wasn't any connection. But, you know, it's something I'll check into. Sure. Um, so the planet thing is interesting to me only because to me, he, he looks like him and Akers have the most circumstantial evidence against them aside from Trudy. Those would be my full, my my ones that I thought. And Bryce, I guess you're right with Bryce. So those are the top ones. And I, I guess I, I'm. I'm you know, I, I just don't. I do know that Acres was raping in the area because I have a couple firm dates yeah, in that yeah, time. Yeah. So, but other than other than um, those witness statements, there wasn't anything to link him either one of them. And then, of course, they're both dead, so there's no way to find right, anything right, out. Right. Well, and, and I think the other thing that that you know kept coming back, kept coming back to us uh, as as the study group was involved is okay. All right, how does how does that, how does, what does that have to do with Chuck Smith? If it was Acres or Atlanta, 
how does that explain Chuck Smith? Well, and here's my thought on that. Let's say if we don't think it's Trudy for a minute, because I have a question right now of whether it's Trudy. I'm still on the fence. If it wasn't Trudy, and, and it's actually, to be honest, due to something that Danny said. He, he had an epiphany. We had talked many times. He said, I think to figure out who killed Laura, you have to take that situation and set it aside from everything else that happened afterwards because that confuses the issue. Let's look at Laura herself and see what happened and see, you know, and of course they're all related because one thing sent the other ones. But what if, in fact, Gertrude didn't go? What if it was Steve that said, Gertrude, get his number. I want to go shake him down next. I want to find out what Chuck Smith knows or what he said about my daughter. What if it wasn't Trudy that initiated that? What if it was Steve telling her to do it? And that well, would be my question about that. I understand. I guess. I guess. I guess I would respond. I think John would respond and say, "Well, then why didn't Steve do it? He and I were as on as good a terms as I was with Trudy. Why didn't Steve ask me?" Yeah, I, and it would. My, I guess the question would be, you know, what was Steve feeling already under pressure because he'd already dispatched with one person? <laughs> he'd already gotten rid of Lambert. I mean, how how is it how shady is it going to look if he goes to get rid of someone else disappears if he's the one that's asking about him, you know, and then he yeah, goes missing. Well, and that's true. Other than I'm not sure if it's going to look bad. I don't think it makes to my mind anyway, it doesn't make much difference whether it's Steve or Trudy. Or Trudy you're right. That's true. If, that's true. If, yeah. you're, if you're worried about I mean, if <laughs> it, it still comes back to the Snedeker family. Yeah, it does. It, yeah. You know. And uh, it comes back to Steve and Trudy. So I don't know. I mean, it was just like I say, we, we just kept thinking about, well, you know, we've got to there has to be a theory that fits that makes everything fall into place. And that's the thing. If you're if you're trying to put it all together, it does make sense. But if, in fact, it's Laura's separate and it was it had nothing to do with Trudy and it was just these two guys that were druggies were going to come rob the place and they grabbed her or whatever, then you wouldn't expect everything thereafter to, to attach to it because it wasn't related. It was something totally separate. So I think you have to look at it both ways and, and try to analyze it. Like you said, it, either it's one of these or the other. And if it's the, if it's the latter, then the things that happened afterwards do not need to be related at all. But then well, I, I guess I just, yeah, yeah, I, I, and I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I find it a little incredulous, uh, not impossible, mm-hmm. but a little hard to believe that the one night that Trudy was at the home on Shadeland Drive and Laura disappears after months of her not being here, she's there one night, something happens to Laura, and that just happens to be the night that one of these other buttheads decide they're gonna attack the house well that's true but i have thought about that a little i'm gonna share what you see what you think so she was she was dating that guy winston um for yeah. about the uh, few days leading up there's only one night in there that they did that he did not spend the night and that was saturday but he spent most of the night there um wednesday night uh thursday night friday night and then i believe sunday night so that would mean his car was in the driveway all of those nights. So if those knuckleheads did come to try to rob the place, they'd see there was actually another vehicle besides hers in the in the driveway, except Saturday night, I'll give you that. So maybe they were casing the place and they came and did something on the first night that no one else's car was there. 
and that was yeah. when Trudy was there. So uh, the, like I said, I don't right now I don't really know, but that's where my head is at, and that's why I wanted I wanted to talk to I, you because you 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 guys already went through all these <laughs> scenarios sure, in your head. Sure, you I, I I think we just we just came to the conclusion after looking at everything that that there was that there was no re- Chuck Smith was so far down the ladder in terms of suspects or even in terms of, of Stephen Trudy I think uh, at that, at least at that time that that it just doesn't if Laura's death was an isolated incident and unrelated it just does not explain to our view Chuck Smith. Yeah, and I agree with you there because Chuck Smith happened a few months later. So it it's like, why are they doing it? And the only thing that would, and even Danny said, the only thing that would make sense is that if they were just shaking down Chuck, like they were shaking down everyone else. And for example, if Chuck had been um, saying stuff in his t- talking to police about the business, you know, that may be another, you know, that's the other thing I keep trying to remind myself. Steve's uh, reason for doing things might not always be related to Laura. If they're no. t- if police are talking to all these people and they have information, his it could be self-interest in some situations. It may not just be him beating people up trying to find out if they killed, you know, his daughter. Right, right. and I understand. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I don't know. Like I say, you know, we spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours upon hours going over what we thought was every conceivable scenario and that's just you know that theory is what we came up with yeah as as what just really sort of fit and and made uh, um you know everything i i guess the other my other thought you know is is old man Romans in that phone call. Yeah, that's a problem. That is, if they if they uh, definitely dated that, then that's a problem too. You're right. You know, I, I, I'm not so sure. Uh, and I think, I think we all, most all of us agreed after we found out that little tidbit of information that number one, he, he didn't say, well, okay, listen, if, if Trudy had just called and said, Listen, Laura's not here. I don't know where she went. I'm afraid something's happened to her. You know, could you come? And he would have said, well, sure, Trudy, if you really need me. And Okay, well, all right. Well, I'll head over that way. I don't think there would have been the urgency on his part. Number two, there would have been no reason for him to have left his nurse at the hotel. Right. If he if it was a mistaken dates and he was going over to find out if Laura was already missing, you know, it, you'd think that they'd bring the nurse over there. That, well, I mean, there'd be, right. there'd be no reason to leave her. The, right. obvi- the only reason, the only reason that makes sense to me is that he didn't want her to know whatever was going on at the house. So yeah. he sticks her in a hotel. Yeah, that I, mean, I see why the, they came to that conclusion. Yeah, the hotel isn't but three miles from the house and so, and john spoke to her i imagine right john spoke to the and what did she yeah, say the I'm nurse sure, i know he did I, yeah the nurse you mean and she the, yeah the, the, nurse, the nurse you're talking about the nurse that he ended up marrying yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> well what, yeah whatever their arrangement was. yeah yeah um, uh, um so yeah no he talked to her and she just she confirmed that he came over there and dropped her off at uh, it was a little seedy hotel, really a, a motel, actually, um, and 
was gone a couple hours and came back and got her and they went straight they didn't stop go they didn't you know they went they went straight home to florida and you know now that you're saying that um if in fact this occurred after like in my original question well what if they're wrong about the date and it was just the next day trudy calling and saying laura's missing police are here we can't find her and they ran into town they probably wouldn't have left that fast they probably would have stayed for a little while yeah that's exactly my thought there would have been no urgency on on uh old man roman's part yeah to get there and just say listen we're going now we're going now get your stuff and then to yeah and then to go right back home so fast they probably would have stayed around as moral support and i believe yeah and i believe they did come back that's the thing though they did come back later after she was after that she was notified they came back to town at some point when she started telling family members buck and june were there there were a bunch of people that showed up yeah eventually they had a crowd yeah you know but 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 that like i say you when you look at that phone call and and the people who they were staying with swear to god it that it was that same day and then you look at roman's behavior and what he did with the nurse and then his trip straight home just like i want to get the hell out of dodge mm. um you know um it just doesn't make sense that it was a different timeline yeah i get what you're saying i totally see now why why that was the theory as we're talking about circumstantial evidence we know trudy carried a 25 uh-huh it was a 20 they were 25 caliber bullets that were found right right theme. now that's small small thing there's lots of cheap 25s around mm-hmm. but but to know that you know it wasn't like she was found in the field with a 38 um, through her head uh, and Trudy carries the 25. No, they were all 25s. And the other thing you have to think about in that case is like you were talking about, well, we wouldn't know if she was shot in the soft tissue. Um, yeah. But the three bullets to her head look like the kind of shots that you shoot at someone. They're all in the same area, right on the side of the head. Yeah. Right, shot, you know, if that happened afterwards in the field, then yep. that means she handed her dad her gun and said, shoot her in the head or whatever. There was a plan. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, pretty, that's yeah, whatever. Pretty, that's to awful. Cover it up. I mean, it's all about trying to cover it up. Yeah. And that means. And, and the thing is they couldn't, she, they could, they were so deep in illegal shit that they could not afford to just call the police in and tell them what happened. You know, it was an accident. We got in a fight, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And, because all of a sudden that investigation gets real deep and into their background and into Trudy and into Steve and into their business. And then, you know, prosecutors are going to want to know all that stuff. And I think they just wanted to stay as far away from law enforcement as they could and found themselves in a situation where, oh shit, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to never have any connection to police officers ever anywhere but we're in a situation now we got no choice and then they made it worse because they kept killing people yeah well (laughs) of course of course you know i mean it's crazy well is there anything else that i didn't ask you about that you think is important for me to know as far as any you know major thing that i missed as far you know that you can think of at this time well i mean i I, you know you, you it's obvious you've done a lot of lot of research and a lot of homework because there's a lot of stuff that you already know you know about uh, that and hopefully i was able to put a little of it in perspective you have for you. a lot yeah um and 
as far as the, you know the major players were concerned i think to the best of my recollection it's it's pretty well um covered i i, I do think it was important that um apparently you had not heard the story about Trudy shooting in the side yard. No, and that is very uh, compelling. That because she shouldn't have known how Laura was injured. So that's a, that would be something that a prosecutor would would definitely hit on in a in a trial. Sure, of course. I mean, you know, when you start just adding everything up, yeah, uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to make a leap that Trudy was not somehow involved. Uh, and the sad part is, like I say. Um, I think what really cemented that, I, I think we believe that Trudy was probably involved for a good period of time, but what really cemented it, I think, was the trip that we made to Ohio, uh, talking to the relatives and the story about her dad leaving in such an almost panicked hurry, running to Greenfield, dropping the nurse off, going to the house, we assume, um, going back and picking her up and not stopping at the house again, just going straight to Florida. And on the same morning that she disappeared, that I think that for us, I think was kind of the icing on the cake that said, "Well, if that's true and they swore it was, that's got to be, that's got to be the story. That's got to be what happened." Yeah, and she's she's deceased now, so I can't talk to her. Dang it, because that would have been interesting. What I would ask her is, when he came back to the hotel, what condition was he in? What did his clothes yeah. look like? What you know, yeah. if he dumped a body, something's going on there, you know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was uh, the, the other. The other thing, I, I guess, uh, just as I look back on the, the years that I spent uh, as a journalist and an editor, um, you know, there's a difference between. Sometimes there's a difference between facts, uh, what's true and what's accurate. You know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, everything. Everything can be accurate sometimes in a story but sometimes depending on how it's written the story isn't really true um i, I know it's hard to describe but i was always very careful that we didn't let any other i didn't let any of the reporters uh, take a slant if they had a fact we we did not you know we all know if you want to slant a story you don't do it by what you say you do it by what you don't say Right, and if you're cherry-picking facts and only putting yeah, some of them out there. that's exactly right. Yeah. It's what you choose not to report Right. that, that slants the story. Yeah. And uh, I was just always very extra careful to not let that happen so that if we reported something that to the best of our ability it was not only accurate but true. So, I mean, I, I figured that out pretty quick. I want to thank Dave Scott so much for taking the time to speak with me. We spoke for hours, and he was a fantastic resource on this case. In the next episode, as promised, you will finally get to hear John Munden's theories in his own words. Stay tuned.